Chapter 4 Man, I just know I'm going to come back to a closet full of soggy comics. I said. I can tell by the look in Eric's eyes, he's a bathtub reader. Eric's solution had been to have himself and three of his chief friends program their holograms to look like each of us. Little did my dad know he'd be sharing his cornflakes with an android who'd been on Earth since before the first flake was created. It was the next morning, and we were all in our various bird-of-prey morphs. Tobias as our red-tailed hawk. Jake in his peregrine falcon morph. Rachel in bald eagle morph. Cassie and me in our osprey morphs. And Axe in his northern harrier morph. Flying towards certain doom. Again. We were on our way to Visitor 3's newest secret feeding pasture. Eric had given us directions and wished us luck. Good luck taking on the most dangerous creature in the galaxy. I gotta go oil my elbow joints. Let me know if you survive. We'll get together. Do lunch. Ciao. Okay, maybe that's not exactly what he said. But it's okay to resent a person who's going to be safe while you're going to be screaming and running for your life. Don't you think? I've mentioned that I complain occasionally. Or constantly. Sorry, but any smart person knows there's plenty to complain about in life. And there are definitely a lot of things to complain about when it comes to being an Animorph. However, flying is not one of them. I mean, talk about fun. Talk about freedom. It's everything you've imagined and more. We were following a highway out of town, toward the forest that surrounded some nearby mountains. It was an absolutely perfect day for flying. Sunny, warm, and so clear you could see for miles. The surface of the highway absorbed the sun's warmth, creating some really nice thermals, which are pockets of rising warm air. We were spread pretty far apart. In the animal kingdom, birds of prey just don't hang together. Each of us took turns flying over the highway, catching a thermal and letting it lift us in the air like an invisible elevator. Then, we'd coast for a while, slowly drifting downward in the direction we wanted to go. We hardly had to flap our wings at all. Hey, guys, I think I found it, Tobias called out. See that clearing in the middle of those trees? I scanned my super osprey eyes ahead, toward the line of trees half a mile off the road. Sure enough, just beyond was a big meadow, maybe about two blocks wide. And galloping around in that meadow was a blue-furred, four-eyed, scorpion-tailed Andalite. He looked like he could have been Axe's father. He wasn't. He was the leader of the Yurk invasion of Earth. The only Yurk ever to have gotten control of an Andalite body. And of the Andalite morphing technology. The only Yurk who can morph. Visor 3 Remember I told you about Axe's brother, Alfangor? The Andalite who gave us our powers? Well, the Visor didn't just murder him. He ate him. Visor 3 morphed into some bizarre, giant alien 
and chomped him down like a piece of sushi. I saw it happen. We all did. Now you know why I have an incredible urge to pee on myself whenever we come near this guy. The Visser wasn't alone in his meadow. Despite his fearsome power, the Visser is never without a few bodyguards. We counted half a dozen human controllers disguised as state cops. And in the tree line lurked a pair of hork the bladed shock troops of the Yurk Empire. Okay, Jake said. Each of us is going to land in those trees, one at a time, at least a thousand feet apart, in at least five minute intervals. Rachel, you go first, then Cassie. Each of you keep an eye on those who land after you, so you can find them as easily as possible once you remorph. Tobias, you're last. Stay on top and keep a lookout until we've all landed. Let's do it, said Rachel. I sighed. The three words I hate most. Chapter 5 I spilled the air from my wings and slipped through the trees. I landed silently on the ground, my laser-focused eyes locked on Visser 3 all the way. If he showed any signs of noticing any one of us landing, we were going to take off without a second thought. That was the plan. The Visser trotted through the grass, feeding through his hooves like any ordinary Andalite would do. The Hork-Bajir and human controllers looked outward, like secret service agents around the president. I watched him closely to see if he noticed as we came in for our staggered landings. Nothing unusual. No sign his guards had seen us. I flitted through the tree branches, stopping, flying, stopping again, till I was just a hundred feet or so from the visor. Then, I dropped to the ground, found cover behind a huge elm tree, and began to demorph. Even though I've done it dozens of times now, morphing never fails to freak me out. I mean, talk about unnatural. It doesn't hurt, but it's still just creepy. An itchiness washed over me as my feathers turned soft and ran together, transforming themselves back into skin. My wings, now pale flesh, like a plucked chicken's, began to shrink and disappear into my shoulder blades. I could feel the bones in my legs creaking as they stretched out to their normal length and grew heavy. Sploot! Suddenly, fingers! I could feel them twitching, but they were attached to my shoulders. Ugh. My arms spread out of my torso like plants growing out of the ground in time-lapse photography, pushing the fingers and hands out before them, reaching their usual length in a few seconds. I was fully human now, dressed in ugly black cycling pants and a tight, white t-shirt. We've never figured out how to morph clothes, other than skin-tight stuff. Forget shoes. It's probably not even possible. Andalites invented morphing technology, and since they don't wear clothes, morphing artificial skin, as Axe says, isn't an issue for them. I crouched there in the dirt for a few minutes, catching my breath before morphing again. This morph was nowhere near as fun as an osprey. In fact, it was downright gross. I concentrated. I envisioned myself as a fly. My arms and legs shriveled back into my body with a sound like the one you make when you suck a spaghetti noodle into your mouth. Good thing I was crouching when I'd started, or I'd have crashed to the ground. Very annoying. No legs or arms. 
Unfortunately, every morph is different every time. You never know exactly how things will happen. Then I began to shrink. The trees around me became taller and taller as I became tinier and tinier. The leaves on the ground next to me looked as big as parking lots. I was fly-sized now, but my body was still more human than insect. I was not an attractive creature right then. Marion would not have asked me out. My limbless torso began to divide itself into three parts. Six tiny, hairy legs shot out of my sides. An itchy spot on my back suddenly sprouted tiny gossamer wings. All that remained of the morph was the part I dreaded most. Suddenly, my two eyes began to pop. The two eyes became four, then sixteen, then two hundred and fifty-six, and so on. I saw the world through thousands of tiny, fuzzy TV screens facing in all directions. Compound eyes. A long tube sprouted from my face, a proboscis that flies used to cover their garbage with saliva before they chow down. If I morph to fly a million more times, I will never get over the sheer grossness of it. We wasted about half an hour hooking up together. Six flies with senses designed to find dog poop. Not easy, but we eventually assembled into a sort of hideous squadron. We took off. A nervous, disgruntled, testy little squadron of flies on a mission to intercept the cruelest creature on Earth. Just another fun day being an Animorph. Chapter 6 How long until the visitor's dust-off flight arrives? Jake asked Axe. Five of your minutes, Axe said. One of the many nice things about having Axe around is that he has a sort of built-in clock that allows him to keep track of the time. On the other hand... Axe, I really think you can just deal with the fact that they aren't our minutes. They are everyone's minutes. Axe ignored me. Let's get this over with, Rachel replied. Okay, Jake said. Remember, if anything goes wrong, don't look back. Get out of there as fast as you can. Axe, what's the best way to sneak up on an andalite? From beneath. Okay, you heard him, Jake said. We buzzed the grass, tried to intersect him, come up beneath him, grab some andalite stomach fur. Any questions? Nah, why would there be questions, I said. I mean, it's all so simple and easy and normal. What could possibly go wrong? Was that an example of human sarcasm? Axe asked. Axe, it's sarcasm for everyone, not just for humans. Let's get this over with, Tobias grumbled. Lousy fly eyes, I hate this. We kept low, down where a fly likes to fly. Down low where it can smell the rotting food and the animal feces and other wonderful, tasty things. We skimmed the wild grass tops. It was like flying at treetop level. Except these trees were impossibly tall, willowy stalks that bent with every chance breeze. We buzzed our crazy fly wings and bobbled and weaved and wallowed toward a vague blob of blue fur and bad attitude. Visor 3 was still running, but slowing down. He was moving at an angle from us, 
we'd intersect in a few minutes. Less if he... turned. Yeah, there he is! Cassie yelped. Quick, or we lose him! I cut a wild turn. A pair of flies zipped in front of me, impossible to tell who. The chase was on! Galump, galump, galump! The visor trotted, pursued by six panicked flies. Stay low! Jake reminded us. Go for the belly! A wall of blue fur galloped right across my line of flight. I saw two flies zip down under the heaving curve and disappear from my limited sight. Then two more flies from out of nowhere. My turn. I shot through the air. Visor 3 loomed straight ahead, but I couldn't see clearly enough to tell whether his stalk eyes were looking in my direction. I focused on his stomach and made a beeline for it. Six inches away! I did the fly somersault, a mid-air Shannon Miller kind of thing that brought my legs up and my wings down, vectoring in like a wobbly rocket. Two inches to touchdown! No! He cut a sharp right and veered away. I shot toward him again, but now he bolted to the left. What's with him? Is he drunk? I demanded in outrage. Aren't you on board, Marco? Everyone else is here. Jake said. No, we're playing catch. Ah! He stopped suddenly. A hand the size of Colorado reached around, trying to grab me. I slammed into reverse, spun in midair, and zipped away. Only then did I realize the true target of Visser 3's hand. He was scratching his butt. Marco? A thought-spoken whisper. Jake. Are you here? Suddenly, it got very dark. A big black shadow, blocking out the sun. Something straight out of a science fiction movie. A bug fighter. They're called that for a reason. They look like a big, black cockroach. A roach the size of a school bus, with two long, pincer-like things sticking straight out, like antennae with heavy starch. The bug fighter slowly lowered until it touched the ground. I froze. Visser 3 froze. A doorway, or at least a rectangle of relative darkness, appeared in its side. The big blue blob in front of me trotted inside. I followed him. Inside, it was dark. A few lines of light along what was probably the ceiling and floor. An occasional box of light. Probably display monitors. The air pressure around me suddenly changed as the entrance closed. I maintained and kept my eyes on the viscer. Marco, are you here? Jake asked again. Attempting to rendezvous now, Houston. Ten seconds to contact. Visser 3 came to a halt. I dove for his underbelly. Just as I felt his fur under my feelers, my brain exploded with a sound of very loud thought speak. Is the blade ship ready? Visser 3 never whispers. Something answered. A taxon? They're smarter than Hork-Bajir. Weirder, too. They eat their own. But I couldn't see anything but the giant blue stalks of fur. On the floor of this jungle was warm, pinkish khaki skin. I didn't want to touch that skin. I grabbed a few blue stalks and clung. Ux, what was that taxon saying? Jake asked. 
I believe he was stating estimated departure and arrival times. And? Jake asked. And I am afraid we have a problem, Prince Jake. Axe said. My fly stomach bounced. Then it bounced again. I clung tighter to the visor's fur. We were taking off, and I was fighting the fly's panic reaction. Things vibrating means move! What's the problem, Axe? Jake asked. I'm afraid our journey is going to be a long one. How long? I asked. Approximately three and a half of your Earth hours. Uh Uh-oh. I heard Cassie reply. Oh, man. Tobias said. You're kidding me. Rachel said. The reason we weren't happy to hear this news, of course, is that it meant we were going to have to demorph at some point in flight. Somewhere aboard a ship, occupied by Taxons and hork and Visser 3. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. I don't got too much to say this week, but uh, I do have to welcome another platinum member of the Audiomorphs family, um, which is Rachel, who has kindly sent a donation to me uh, to help with my server and hosting fees. Thank you so much, Rachel. They included a message. Uh, my son and I listen to your Audiomorphs podcast as often as possible. I'm so happy to see him enjoying the series that I have also loved so dearly. Always think it's super cool um, when when I hear parents having their kids listen to this. Um, for some reason, when I started this, it never even occurred to me that this children's series would be listened to by children. But uh, I think that's pretty neat. Thank you so much for donating, Rachel. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and I'm glad you're enjoying the show. If you'd like to donate, there is a link to my PayPal on my website. That's theapocalypse.com. The Apocalypse. Like Apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Um, but no pressure at all if you can't. Um, I thankfully make enough money where I'm not really ever worried about um, not being able to pay any of my hosting fees. Um, but I do appreciate um, if you enjoy this, uh, what I do, um, contributing to that. All that money will go to paying off... Um, <laughs> Uh, my website <laughs> um but yeah thank you so much for writing in um if you'd like to write in but like not donate there are so many ways you can do that you don't have to just uh contact me via money although i do appreciate it um you can do that through gmail that's audiomorphscast at gmail.com you can do it on tumblr that's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com you can do it on my aforementioned website theapocalypse.com and of course you can also reach me on twitter for now i guess we'll see how this whole elon musk thing goes But that's at Audiomorphs, Um, and that is also where you should check while Twitter still exists. Uh, If I'm ever late with uh, an episode, that's where I'll be posting the reason why. Uh, Other than that, I don't really think I have anything else to say this week. Um, Just strap on in. Uh, we're, We're in a bug fighter. Let's see where we go. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. (laughs) 